1: Good morning. This is The Bigger Picture Money FM 89.3. I'm Sean Cheong and today I have Sanjay Guglani, the CIO of Silverdale Capital. And he's about to chat with me about the latest Fed rate decision, what's next and what are the implications. Good morning, Sanjay. Good
0: morning. How are you?
1: I'm very good. So let's get to it. Uh Let's look at the latest Fed rate announcements earlier this morning. So what is this? A pause or pivot? Is it hawkish? Is it dovishly hawkish? What's the story there?
0: Thanks for the question. So at uh, Silverdale, we believe this... This pause is likely to be a comma, which is most likely to convert into a full stop rather than <laughs> continue on there. And that there are a couple of reasons there. The most important is if you look in terms of inflation, uh, the hell inflation has already come down to 4%, which is almost 11 straight months of downward tick across out there. The other important thing to keep in mind is that Fed is typically wrong at the edges. And the reason they are wrong is not because they don't understand that increase in the rate hike takes time of almost 18 months to feed into the economy, but because the only thing any central bank in the world can do is to signal the market. So from signaling point of view, they've done a brilliant job in terms of the dot plot talking about two more rate hikes. So it's further firmly anchors the inflation expectation. But Sean, what I'll tell you is something different, which is, you know, from the investor point of view, it's basically a non-event. So if you look from the investor point of view, the interest rate have already come down, from what was in the March, despite the rate hikes. Oh. So it's very important from the investor point of view to keep that big picture in mind.
1: Right. So in your opinion, what is the main trigger for this decision that the Fed took? Is it because the glass is half empty? Or is it because the glass is half full? Or maybe there's just no more water left in the glass?
0: Um, I think it's, it's, bit, it's basically in terms of, as I mentioned, to signalling the market. So if you look in terms of the unemployment number, they're still very strong. And as a Fed, as a responsible officer, you do not want the small enterprises specifically to go and take much more expansion and and hiring people when we know for certainty the economy will slow down. So what is certain is this. When you do a rate hike, the economy always slows down. So the idea is to prepare them. Unfortunately what happens is that the impact on the unemployment comes between eighteen months and twenty-four months from the first rate hike, which mathematically becomes in June twenty twenty three to December twenty twenty three. That's when you would see the impact in the in the market. So they're just trying to signal the market in terms of the whole point there.
1: Right, so it sounds like we are still facing recession risks. Uh,
0: well, slowdown is certainly recession, is depending how you define it. I will give an example to you. So, if you look in terms of the what's happening in ground zero, um, as per the the Fed's senior loan officer survey, forty-six percent of the banks have tightened the lending standards. 62% of the banks have increased the loan spread as a result of which, if you look in terms of commercial and uh, and and uh, consumer loans they are grown less than half percent as compared to roughly about five to seven percent last year so there is significant slowdown in the credit uptick and that's the first important indicator in terms of what's going to happen to the economy
1: and of course uh, let's turn our eyes a bit closer to home let's look into Asia particular let's look at China They're appears to have a loss of uh, recovery momentum there. So, can you tell us a story, please?
0: See, uh, the post-COVID uh, recovery always is, is jerky. You know, we have not seen a smooth recovery in most of the places. Yes, uh, in case of China, people expected a big, a similar, a big growth expectation. From that perspective, yes, the, the recovery rate has been much lower. But let me highlight to you, uh, against the growth of US and Europe, which is expected to be about one5 half to half percent In China, we're still talking about 5% GDP growth. (laughs) So why people forget that 5% of the industry is is a huge number we're talking about, 5.2% as per the IMF, yeah. So that is the key thing there. Uh, having said that, we also keep in mind that we have seen continuous stream of stimuli coming from China, as the latest one, of course, was last week, uh, where they reduced by central bank by 10 bps. So the total picture of that is that uh, we, there is certain amount of investor nervousness because of hype expectation, and also because of geopolitics. Uh, we know the Lincoln is going to visit Beijing tomorrow. We will get decided more clarity there. But if you look at big picture point of view, uh, we don't see any big problem per se in China. People are also being uh, dampened in the space because of the power, uh, property sector. And uh, just to highlight to you, property sector contribution to GDP in China is one of the highest they paid a huge price in terms of deflating the sector. Therefore, at Silverdale, we do not think they're going to give a big stimuli to the real estate sector. So that's something which never happens. And we have, do have histories of Australia to Canada to US to UK to see that the real estate boom, which we, which gives uptick to the GDP at a point of economic development, doesn't repeat itself.
1: Right. And there's also a bit of a story being written here about equity versus bonds. Uh, could you elaborate on that for us, please?
0: A very interesting question there. So, see, like today we're talking about risk-free rate to be about four to five percent, and the the U.N. yield is only about one point six percent for the largest companies, right? So, from the investor point of view, at a P ratio, I'm talking S&P 500, P ratio of nineteen, it doesn't look very attractive. Just to give, give a backdrop to you, the 20 years average P ratio has been on fifteen. Yes. So, market is indeed overpriced. The other important thing to keep in mind is this. We all know economy is going to slow down. Economic slowdown means what? Basically means turnover of the company is coming down. When the turnover of the company comes down, the net profit comes down at a higher pace because of the operational efficiencies stroke, the fixed cost. So what you're going to see is that the net profit coming down, EPS coming down, EPS comes down, P ratio comes down further. So in case of equities, you have double whammy in terms of the EPS coming down and P ratio coming down. As compared to it, when you look in terms of the fixed income market, uh, for last almost what, uh, eight years, uh, the, the emerging markets were the only market which is giving 4% return. Today, 70% of the fixed income market giving you a return of more than 4%. Mm-hmm. There's a brilliant, brilliant opportunity for the investors to allocate to fixed income. And I, to be honest, too, yes, we've already seen almost half a trillion dollars being allocated to fixed income year-to-date, which is crazy amounts, crazy.
1: So if we put all this together, with all this information that we have, and looking at the latest Fed announcements yesterday, what should we investors be doing if we, you know, if we want to start putting our money to to work and of course we don't want to be part of the formal group
0: <laughs> so the most important thing is that uh, the the returns you're getting into fixed income are extremely extremely attractive right right and uh, people shouldn't get carried away with the, the Fed wordings, as I mentioned earlier, the interest rate, the yields we're getting today are lower than in March. The market, as usual, anticipates and discounts the interest rate hike much earlier. So the market has already digested the interest rate hike. We are now looking into forward in terms of when we would look into interest rate cuts. And my added point to that is, absolutely, we don't think cuts are going to come any day too soon. Uh, so the key takeaway is, relatively speaking, uh, bond market looks very, very attractive. Now, one particular concern people have is like when the GDP slowed down, you would see increase in default rate. You are correct, but you are not fully correct. Why? Because the default rate today are a fraction of the average default rate. So even if the default rate was to double from now... It will be still 40% below the average rate. Right. So the way, the way to look across is this. Uh, in case of economic slowdown, the credit spreads would increase, but the yield compression, the treasury compression, is always higher than the credit spread increase for high-quality bonds. Therefore, the investors would have net positive returns uh, in the fixed-income market. And today, Asia, of course, uh, you know, is a very, very uh, attractive opportunity there because we are seeing that Asia, we are only seeing much lower inflation, whether it's China, whether it's India, whether it's Korea, and we have potential rate cuts much higher than the dollar world. Yet, as usual, the emerging markets are giving you higher return than the dollar world. All
1: right. Thank you for your time today, Sanjay. You have a good day ahead.
0: Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Right. And uh, we've been speaking to Sanjay Gogani, the CIO of Silverdale Capital. I'm Sean Cheong, and this is MoneyFM 89.3.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.